The following address was delivered at the 16th Annual National Jewish Retreat in Miami, Florida, a project of the Rohr Jewish Learning Institute. We hope you enjoy it. We encourage you to visit jretreat.com for information on upcoming retreats. Rabbi Yitzchak Shachet will now present his keynote address, Turning Darkness into Light. Some 62 years ago, Arthur Garfunkel, a Jewish kid from Queens, enrolled in Columbia University. And during freshman orientation, Arthur met a student from Buffalo named Sandy Greenberg. And they immediately bonded over their shared passion for literature and music. Arthur and Sandy became roommates and best friends. And with the idealism of youth, they promised to be there for each other, no matter what. Soon after starting college, Sandy was struck by calamity. His vision became blurry and the problem grew worse. Ultimately, Sandy received the devastating news that glaucoma was destroying his optic nerves. The young man with such a bright future would soon be completely blind. Sandy was devastated and he fell into depression. He gave up on his dream of becoming a lawyer and he moved back to Buffalo, where he worried about being a burden to his financially struggling family. And so consumed with shame and fear, Sandy cut off all contact with his old friends, refusing to answer letters or return phone calls. And then suddenly one day, his buddy Arthur showed up at the front door. He wasn't going to allow his best friend to give up on life. So he bought a ticket and he flew to Buffalo unannounced. And Arthur convinced Sandy to give college another go. And he promised that he would be right by his side to make sure he didn't fall literally or figuratively. And Arthur kept his promise, faithfully escorting Sandy around campus and effectively serving as his eyes it was important to Arthur that even though Sandy had been plunged into a world of darkness, he should never, ever feel alone. Arthur actually started calling himself darkness to demonstrate his empathy with his dear friend. He'd say things like, darkness is going to read to you now. Darkness is going to take you for a walk. And then one day, as Arthur was guiding Sandy through crowded Grand Central Station, he suddenly said, I've got to go. And he left his friend standing there alone and petrified. Sandy stumbled, bumped into people, fell, cutting a gash in his shin. And after a number of stressful hours, Sandy finally got on the right subway train and finally made his way back to get off at the station at 116th Street. And Sandy bumped into someone who quickly apologized and then immediately recognized Arthur's voice. Turned out his trusty friend had followed him the whole way home, making sure that he was safe and giving him the priceless gift of independence. And Sandy later said that moment was the spark that gave him reason to live a completely different life without fear, without doubt. And for that, he said, I am tremendously grateful to, and for fun, I'll quote over here, darkness, my old friend. 
Sandy graduated from Columbia, earned graduate degrees at Harvard and Oxford, married his high school sweetheart, became an extremely successful entrepreneur and philanthropist. And one day, whilst at Oxford, Sandy himself receives a call from Arthur. This time, Arthur was the one who needed help because he formed a folk rock duo with his high school pal, Paul Simon. And they desperately needed $400 to record their first album. Sandy and his wife, Sue, had a negligible amount in their bank account, but without hesitation, he gave his old friend what he needed. And we know that Simon and Garfunkel didn't start out as a success. But the lyrics of one of the songs, The Sound of Silence, was based on that experience. That one day at Grand Central Station, the opening line echoing the way that Sandy always greeted Art, hello darkness, my old friend. And Art Garfunkel said that when he became friends with Sandy, my real life emerged. I became a better guy in my own eyes. And he began to see who he was, somebody who gives to a friend. Friends, ladies and gentlemen, for too long we have been saying hello darkness, my old friend. Though to be sure, as familiar alas as we have become with darkness throughout our tumultuous history, it is far, far from a friend. We don't make peace with it, and we don't come to terms with it. This darkness presents itself in various guises and manifestations. Just reflecting on today's world alone, indeed in this very room alone, we have people who have endured the ineffable darkness of the Holocaust to those who suffered the devastation of last year's Surfside tragedy. When King Solomon tells us in Kohelet and Ecclesiastes, to everything there is a season, a time to be born and a time to die, we imagine that time as placed in an obscure and distant future. It never occurs to us that it has any connection with the day already begun. And then something happens so suddenly, and the eventual certainty for us all goes from obscure and distant to a very unreal reality. And we become numb, and we grieve. How do we make sense of such a tragedy? Well-meaning people tell us it's all part of God's plan, but whilst that's true, we cry out that while God certainly knows his plan, we do not. We are in pain. We cry out for some way to soothe the burning in our hearts. But while pain is, alas, inevitable in our exiled world, suffering is optional. When God brought the world into being, darkness pre-existed, and then on day one, God created light, thus dispelling the darkness in the process. In the words of the Talmud, such is the way of creation, first comes darkness, then light, and so it continues. There are, alas, pockets of darkness in our world, but we have to take a page out of God's book, as it were. We have to be the light that we wish to see in our world. We Jewish people have been conditioned to somehow always emerge from the ashes and to build once more. In the words of Elie Wiesel to fellow inmates in Auschwitz, muster your strength and don't lose heart, 
we shall all see the day of liberation, have faith in life. That's what we, God's chosen people, know how to do best, do we not? We muster the strength. We believe in life. We have faith in the future. And above all else, we look constantly towards that day of ultimate liberation. It's not a matter of disregarding the past. Quite the contrary. We know it. We recall it. We relive it constantly. And sometimes it haunts us. And sometimes it plagues us. And sometimes we cry, and that's OK, too. But rather than just grappling with despair, fundamental to Hasidic thought is that it is far more effective to spread light than to expend energy fighting the darkness. And so we band together. We start seeing things differently in our own eyes. And in awareness of our overwhelming vulnerability, we look to maximize our time here by being a source of light and making a difference onto others. A few moments ago, we pay tribute to three special heroes who exemplify this. Kevin Spiegel, Colonel Golanbach, and Rabbi Lipsker, each in their own unique way, took the tragedy of the experience endured, and within the darkest sky, they saw the stars and looked to make light. And we thank you. We thank you for your strength. We thank you for your fortitude. And we thank you for your inspiration. Shortly, we're going to be treated to some more special music from the Holocaust Survivor Band, accompanied by cantor Aryeh Hurwitz. What you will hear is music. What you will see, if you look closely, is numbers tattooed on some of their arms. These are heroes who emerged from the depths of despair, joined in harmony to play music once more. And you know, it's a curious thing. Musicians, when reading music carefully, observe the rest signs. It might well be that there is no music in a rest, but there is the making of music in that rest. Without the rest, there's just a constant cacophony. And there are times when God might appear to be at rest, silent as it were. But it is precisely in those moments when there is the making of man. How we deal with the struggle, how we cope with the overwhelming loss, knowing that we are never alone, and that as we cross that sunlit strip which connects the departures of today and the reunions of tomorrow, no degree of worldly darkness can ever extinguish the glow of a soul's inner light. May we indeed merit that day when we say, goodbye darkness, my old foe, and bask in the illumination of liberation and redemption, and may we know of that day speedily. Amen. Please visit myjli.com to learn more about JLI's multiple educational offerings and toracafe.com to view highlights and lectures from past retreats.